Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hey, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. I bet the wheel's already spinning. You're like, what bit's he going to do? Yeah. Aren't you? I always get a little nervous. I th- I'm going to be honest with you. Let me get back into the bit. Hey, everybody, this is Griffin. Got a new friend in the studio that we've added. And we've got a few new friends. Haven't talked about uh, blinds. Welcome to the studio, Blinds. You keep the sunlight out and you keep the people on the street out from looking at me while I play Beat Saber because that's <laughs> fucking embarrassing. <laughs> but also I want to talk about our new friend, Oil Diffuser. Oil yeah. Diffuser, welcome to the studio. You put that good calming stink up in the air. Hey, what, what smell are you working on these days? Peppermint. I like smelling oh. it. It's some sort of mint, but it's a pep- I like thinking, I think it's a peppermint like a soft peppermint breeze mm. coming through the wind. It's like if a tornado hit a peppermint factory and I lived some miles away and just got the scent of it. Oh, are you feeling <laughs> soothed? I mean, I can't smell it right now. Do you feel soothed and oily? I don't know if you're supposed to run it like all day, every day. Is there a, can you diffuse too much oil? I think it wouldn't make sense to do it when you are not present. Yeah, but I do want it to be minty when I get back in the room after I've used, mm. you know, I, a good overnight mint soak. And then in the morning, I could just like scrape this mint jelly <laughs> off the walls and like put it on my yogurt or something. Uh, yeah, I just love it, man. It's like I live at the spa. <laughs> I'm not like I didn't already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that mud. Mm-hmm. I'm a real mud man. Should we start over? I feel like you don't like the spot. <laughs> I think you kind of, you lost me at peppermint. It surprised me oh, and I didn't know where to go from what there. What kind of oil do you want? I mean, more of a floral or a citrus. Interesting. Peppermint just makes me think holiday season. Yeah, that's a benefit. I feel like I'm at a holiday spa. I feel like I'm at Santa's chill workshop. <laughs> and I got little elves rubbing my feet. And I got Mrs. Claus doing a kelp wrap next to me. And we're just gabbing. Gabbing the night away while while Ho-Ho himself goes and delivers presents. How is this fantasy I'm whipping are up? You, Holy shit. Are you in love with Mrs. Claus? Because now suddenly I'm jealous. I mean... We've done some stuff. Yeah. But you said that was okay. I bet she smells like peppermint too, huh? (laughs) Gingerbread, actually. Babe, she was on my list. (laughs) We both have lists. You're number one, Scott Bakula. I respect that. And mine is Mrs. Santa Claus. (laughs) So yeah, we've done some stuff, but it was- Does she even have a first name? Uh, Patty. Patty Claus. I think so. And uh, I mean, uh, the only name I knew was what I, this was, but it was before we met. It was before we met. But I hooked up with Mrs. Claus. Do we have a small wonder? (laughs) I do. All right. It's pretty broad. Okay. Toys. Toys are great. Henry's getting into the age where he really appreciates a new toy. Yeah, he does. And I just find myself just. Almost on a, like a hobby basis, just researching what toys are available. Yeah, that he might be interested in. Cool, I'm 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 into that. I mean, it's tough for me because I've been into it my whole life. I haven't found a good Paw Patrol toy, and I really want to get him one because he loves the Paw Patrol. But there's just so many dang dogs in that group. There's a lot of dogs. <laughs> I feel like <clears throat> in my day. We had, you know, Power Rangers. Ah, no, but see, even Power Rangers had a bit of a member bloat after a while. <laughs> yeah, see, I like the PJ Masks because it's, you PJ Masks is three, you're in, you're out. Gecko, Owlette, uh, Catboy. Yeah. PJ Masks. Okay. Okay. Paw Six pa- fucking Paw dogs. Paw Patrol. Let me see if I can do it. Marshall, Zuma, Rocky, Sky, Chase, and then there's another one. Marshall. I think I already said Marshall. I don't think you did. I don't know. See, this is the problem is you get, by the time you get to the fifth one, you've forgotten what the first one you said was. It's so many fucking dogs. So many and one, dogs. One's like a firefighter dog. One's a cop dog. One's like a flying dog. And it's like, oh, okay, you're losing the plot a little bit. And then it's like, <laughs> I'm the I'm the recycling dog. And it's like, that's important, you know, save, yeah. save this world and protect all the geese and turtles and shit. But there's a firefighter dog. I know. What are you doing here, recycling dog? Recycling dog's playing the long game. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he's saving the earth. Not from fire, but well, kind of. 
Uh, I'm gonna say shit, man. Guacamole, man, a man, oh man. Have we not? Has that not come to the table? Maybe, maybe not. But damn, it's good. We just oh, had some so Torchy's good. tacos with their their. Gua- Here's the problem: a lot of places do bad guacamole. Like I feel like the guacamole for me to get on board with it. First of all, I need a salty chip. Second mm-hmm. of all, I need like zesty guacamole. Like I need flavor in there. It can't just be like here's a big avocado soup. Mm-hmm. I want fucking garlic, and I want you know spices and mm-hmm. peppers and maybe a little cojita on top. I want it. I want authentic shit. <laughs> I think I talked about elote, which is different. Mm, it's yes. different from it's the corn version. Yes, one is corn. And one is not. famously <laughs> is corn, and one is the green, the strange green fruit we call guacamole. Uh, I go first this week. You know what? I was going to do this second, but it's going to be weird if we do not talk about it um, for you know the first half hour of the show or whatever. Is okay. that we? Um, my first thing is meeting Carly Rae Jepsen. If you ever have the chance to meet Carly Rae Jepsen, mm-hmm. it's a really nice experience. I and think. she's very generous with her time, it seems. Very so generous with her time. You are welcome to the opportunity yourself. Yes. I posted a picture of the three of us. We did get a picture with, with uh, Miss Jepsen. And uh, I was, we were both, we were both glowing. Uh, Bliss Delight was back in full force. Yes. Uh, it really was a profound experience, I think, for both of us. And I just kind of want to walk you through it. I okay. guess I, I, for a while now, I've been like thinking about doing like positive celebrity encounters on this show. But I feel like this is a kind of crystallized version of that in one celeb encounter, arguably like the most important musician encounter I could have at this point in my life. Uh-huh. Uh, so th- the show appeared on ACL, uh, the ACL at the Moody theater, Austin city limits. And I was looking at tickets and I was like texting with Rachel, like, do you want to go to this show? And then I saw that there were VIP tickets available. And I thought <laughs> if not now for this, then what? Griffin so, gave me like three minutes to respond to that text and when i didn't he texted me again in a in a feverish yeah i was worried they were gonna rage. get snatched up but they didn't we managed to get get a couple tickets secured a babysitter which was a whole ordeal it was a thing it was a thing and then uh yesterday or what day yeah saturday this last saturday uh we went. We went to the show. There's a little check-in area. <laughs> waited in a long line of folks. Uh, we got recognized a lot during yeah, this and during the show, which was great. Austin listeners. I mean, okay, if you wanted to find me and Rachel, yeah. the Carly Rae Jepsen <laughs> show in Austin is a pretty fu- You're pretty much, there's no chance we're not there. Of course we are there. <laughs> I met a lot of nice people, got to go in, got to do the sound check, not do it. She called me up on stage. She was like, can you play the trumpet and uh, run away with me? And I was like, you know I can it's a saxophone. Why I say trumpet would be a wild version of that song. It's the little ska version. <laughs> it was great. And then she did a Q&A. And as we were walking in, while we were checking in, we were asked, do you want to submit a question to the Q&A? And I want everybody at home to try over <laughs> the next 10 seconds to think of a question that you can send in to Carly Rae Jepsen or any musician that you admire. There was a question she got asked twice, which was about her hobbies, which what, I mean, you got to yeah. understand people were just desperate. <laughs> yeah, I think I, that's the way Do I was leaning. Uh, and of course, you also don't want to be the person like... You know, do you now do you love swords? Do you love the swords mm. bit? Which Rachel did not know about. I didn't. When when the photo session happened, uh, which was the next thing that happened, she saw a few people holding swords, like plastic swords and stuff. And uh, the, the backdrop of the photo like area was uh, like its back was to us. So we would just see silhouettes of Carly and other people wielding blades uh, against the flash. Uh, and I had to explain to Rachel... Uh, internet irony humor. Um, and perhaps you should explain to our listeners in case also they there are was familiar. There was a period of time there where, I, it, it, like these things do, just like someone decided Carly Rae Jepsen needed a sword, and then all of a sudden there were petitions and 
you know, fan, fan arts and protests. So it wasn't like you where she like put a sword in her mouth and then everybody thought that was like her thing. Well, she was before she did uh, <laughs> her, her breakout uh, hit, I believe off her second album, which was a title uh, called Call Me Maybe. She was a sword swallower in the circus. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, then one day somebody threw her a plastic sword at one of her concerts and she caught it in the air like Excalibur and she was the Highlander and there can be only one. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we got some insider scoops from the Q and a though. Uh, she's, she's a real charmer folks. She's been playing a lot of Catan with her crew on the bus. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. And also she likes to read books. <laughs> you can print that TMZ credit me though. And did you know any of the musical artists she listed? Because I felt very embarrassed that I was not familiar. Uh, no, Except I mean, for Lucky Lee, Lee, which we saw in concert. But she announced several others. That several I other artists. I think there was one, but it's it has left my mind. Anyway, here's where things got surreal for me. Yes. And this is what I wanted to focus in on. I'm glad you are. We waited in this line to get our photo with and actually like meet Carly. Uh, and we were in this line for 20 minutes and... Panic started to set in in my heart. Um, and that panic led me to this like full blown out of body transcendental experience. It's like in uh, Doctor Strange when Tilda Swinton punches you in the chest and your soul goes flying backwards out of your yes, body and you yes. can see the the curvature of the earth and the broad tapestry of time <laughs> that I have spent upon it. Um we're standing in this line and I am trying to think of something good to say when we meet Carly. Trying to think of something, I guess, memorable. Something that is going to be beneficial to all parties involved in in the exchange. Did you, let me ask about this because I don't have this instinct. Um, did you think... That if you said a certain combination of words, she would look at you in a meaningful way and say, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I don't. And here's what's wild. While I was in this headspace, I wasn't thinking of the end result. And I certainly wasn't thinking (laughs) of anything that would benefit her in the end of the exchange. Right. It is inherently like kind of a weird, I want to say this, I want to preface this. Like we do get recognized like more often when we're at cons or something, it happens sometimes here in Austin because we live here and there's, you know, a, a bunch of fans who live here. And like when that happens, like I'm always cool to say, Hey, and, and chat and meet folks. Uh, you know, most of the time, no matter You're what very friendly I, I try to be unless i'm like hanging out with henry like i don't want to take pictures or anything like that like obviously that's got to take precedent and if i'm like late for a flight or a panel if i'm at a convention like sometimes i've had to like run away but like i'm always down to down to talk and say hey because i'm genuinely like super grateful for the life that our fans allow us to live uh or lead not live that our fans haven't killed us yet <laughs> um that too but there are things that people can say to me during those exchanges that make me like a little bit uncomfortable and it's never anything like especially sinister um but it's this idea of them like generating like scripting out something charming and memorable to mm-hmm. say and then you were in admire. that exact same position right and what it made me realize is like at the end of the day when you are doing that to anybody um, and, you know, most commonly like a person that you recognize from whatever and have this impulse to like want to impress or be memorable or charm or whatever. Like when you come up with when you're scripting out that thing to say in that way, you are not treating the other person like a human being. Right. Like there is something there is something inherently dehumanizing about like I can't talk to you like a human. So mm. instead I'm going to. Um, you know, try and try and land some sick joke or well, something. Well, it's so condensed, right? Like part of it is that you think maybe I will never see this person again. I only have the opportunity to say a few sentences. So I want to capture everything I've always wanted in this two second exchange. Sure. No, again, like I, this is not me. I swear to God, this is not me like knocking our fans, right? Like I, this, this doesn't happen that often. And when it does, like it doesn't really bother me that much, but it's like, 
the the thing uh, in that ex- in that exchange, the thing I feel best about is earnest like conversation about like you know, I like your stuff. Oh, thanks. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, cool, cool. Like you would talk to a person, like you would talk to another person. Uh, and there's a way to be memorable and charming and funny while you do that. But there's, it, I do not think it's possible when you start the approach from where I was at in that line for 20 minutes, which is like, what's a good fucking, oh, what's a good cold open here? And Griffin really did test out like a dozen threw a bunch of stuff at Rachel and she kept saying, no, don't, no. And I was like, well, what am I just supposed to say? Like, hey, I'm a huge fan of your work and I'm really excited uh, to, to meet you. And yes. she was like, yeah, <laughs> yes, say that. <laughs> and so that's what we did. And she was, she gave us both hugs and we took a great I picture with I her. like, I sincerely went in for the handshake, just you not did. even thinking about it. She juked you. And when she gave me the hug, I felt like, oh, I don't deserve this. She fucking <laughs> stiff armed you, and got you wrapped up in a big hug. I'm trying not to be preachy here. I genuinely, it, it just was this moment of weird, like, also, there was a point where, like, when I went to pose for a photo with her, and like my hand kind of brushed her lower back because I was trying to position. Yeah, I just felt like, oh god, <laughs> I'm blowing it. <laughs> <laughs> Meeting a having a positive celeb experience is amazing. And this moment that I specifically had, because it's been a while since like I've, I've had an experience like this, where I had been in this place that I, you know, I, I had obviously met a lot of. I'm not saying I'm Carly Rae Jepsen either, but I've met a lot of people <laughs> who were like super excited to meet me, and it was just this weird like we're all in this fucking together, man. Like we're all we're all folks. And we all have the same impulses when it comes to these like really tense anxiety causing experiences because mm-hmm. holy shit, mine was through the roof. Uh, and I, I just felt so, I felt a oneness with the rest of humanity in that moment. And so that is a big wonder for me. <laughs> What's your first thing? Uh, my first thing is community organizing. Community organizing. This seems like a fairly broad concept. Yeah. Okay. So like when I get all my Yu-Gi-Oh heads in Austin out and we go meet up at the Long John Silvers. Do you know there's actually a definition of community organizing? Oh, is there really? Okay. What is it? What is it? A method of engaging and empowering people with the purpose of increasing the influence of groups historically underrepresented in policies and decision making that affect their lives. Yeah, that's way more important than my Yu-Gi-Oh joke. No, I mean, we can keep going with Yu-Gi-Oh though. How would you say that you and your Yu-Gi-Oh folks have gotten together to increase your influence and to change policy and decision-making. Well, okay. Um, We meet at the Long John Silvers. Uh There are these five cards that if you play them all together, it forms like this big killer robot that instantly wins the game. Uh And so sometimes I don't have all the cards. But when I meet up with everybody else and they have the big killer robot cards and then we use them together. I was really hoping you'd tell me about changing the policies at Long John Silver's. <laughs> well, also they have a, <laughs> yeah. They, In the basket, there are seven fish pieces. Sometimes there are eight. It is our policy that it become eight permanently. permanently. We obviously <laughs> much prefer it when it's eight. Obviously, also, they only let you play Yu-Gi-Oh in there without buying something for like an hour and a half before they do call the police on you. <laughs> and that's a policy I would like to change. Dennis, he's the manager at Long John Silver's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to give you an example of community organizing that I think has been particularly effective. Okay. Can I do that? Yeah. You heard of Moms Demand Action? Yes. Uh, It all started just because uh, Shannon Watts, who was a mother of five and a former communications executive, got on Facebook in 2012 after the Sandy Hook tragedy and had a message that all Americans can and should do more to reduce gun violence. And so then that Facebook group turned into this kind of online grassroots movement that is now has representation in all 50 states. That's wild. I feel I, I listened to a reply all about like that yeah. happening, not necessarily that group, but like that idea of Facebook, like yeah. not even Facebook groups sometimes, but Facebook events spiraling into these like huge, huge, like influential blocks. Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, there's obviously no way to really classify this, but they, they say they have 6 million supporters, which I guess can take, you know, a variety of forms. Either they're people that are active in their state groups, or there's donors, or there's people that have, you know, purchased, you know, merchandise. 
Um, the great thing about this group, because it has become so state focused and so social media focused is that they've been able to kind of accomplish a lot and rally a lot of support. So they have looked into specifically businesses that were allowing individuals to bring guns into the business and then protested that or, or spread awareness of it. And so through that, they have approached and been successful in removing guns from Starbucks, Chili's, Chipotle, Sonic, Target, Kroger, and Panera. That's all of them. Yeah. That's, that's every that's, business. That's all the businesses Wait, you Wait, they want. didn't get Chili's. They didn't get Chili's? Right? Did you say Chili's? I did say Chili's. That's all of them. <laughs> I thought you didn't say Chili's. No, I would always say Chili's. If, if Chili's is on a list, I'm going to say Chili's. <laughs> I love the deep, ironic love that Austinites have for... I uh, I occasion- I'm not a big Reddit user, but I will occasionally pop onto like the Austin subreddit to see if there's like anything going on this weekend that I missed. And there's almost always a handful of posts from people like I went to this exquisite <laughs> southwestern uh, place. Can uh, I ask you? Actually, this is this is a question that I is maybe a culture question. But sure. In your head, is there a difference between Chili's and Applebee's? We didn't have a Chili's for a, a long time while I was growing up in uh, Huntington. Mm-hmm. Applebee's. So Applebee's for me is the fucking old dog. Like if I want to go get like some uh, pudding shooters and a steak with a fucking like, you know, a whole roasted pig on top of it. And then also 65 appetizers for a dollar each. I'll go to appetite. Uh, go to app. See, I, keep, I call it appetizers bees. I go to appetizers bees. But if I want to have a true Southwestern experience. A, tr- a true. A, oh, that's a good point. Then I'll go to Chili's. Chili's is more of a southwestern vibe. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> we take it for granted because we live in the Southwest. Yeah, sure. But for our friends that are not in the Southwest, Chili's is what connects them to us. Yeah, can't throw a basketball down a hill without hitting the Chili's. Unless you're in West Virginia. In which case, there is no basketball you could throw no distance unless you could cross state lines. Can I talk more about Mom's Demand Action? Of course. I can't believe you let me talk about Chili's that long. <laughs> you know it's up to I you. am. Listen, it's up to you. To, when we're talking about something serious, it is up to you <laughs> to keep your hand on the on the, right. the rudder. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, so this, this group has gotten together, not just to go against um, our beloved Chili's, uh, but to look at... Uh, political action, whether it's candidates or particular bills that they want to support um, actions against gun violence. Uh, So in 2018, uh, they worked together to help 20 states pass stronger gun laws, uh, with nine signed into law by Republican governors at the time. Uh, They passed red flag laws, which are laws that temporarily remove firearms from people believed to be at high risk of harming themselves. And they uh, have they have seen that uh, of the Moms Demand Action supporters that many of them have moved on to local and federal office. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, so just recently, this came up. They were in D.C. for their national conference um, when the shooting in El Paso happened, and so uh, two thousand people were in town for that conference. So they just all got up and and marched like immediately because they were all in the location already. Wow. Uh, so I just, I find it, I find it really inspiring that this group of people that felt largely powerless, but had kind of a huge stake in the outcome, you know, I mean, obviously they're, they're welcoming anybody to march with them or right. protest with them. But this idea that, you know, as a result of Sandy Hook, you feel this kind of immediate, terror and responsibility for the lives of your children and to work together with other moms to kind of do the best you can to protect them is is so admirable and so inspiring and really makes times like this more bearable to know that there are people out there that are working together uh, and that you have an opportunity in your state to do the same. That's the thing. Like it's one thing. It would be not great if it was just a salve and you're like, ooh, okay. 
glad somebody's taking care of this. Yeah. But the fact that it's like accessible and there's a, there's a few groups that are doing like uh good good work in that. Yeah. Regard. So I I wanted to talk about it because they have representation in every state. So if if you're in a position, you know, where you want to do something, you don't have to start from scratch. Yeah. You know, there is a group of people that are already working together and have become quite powerful. Yeah. Uh so I I just wanted to to bring that up because it was helpful to me to kind of know that that is available and that there are people doing the work and that there's an opportunity for me to to help out that yeah. group um so should we do like a one last chili's joke as a sort of buffer oh yeah i mean there's something about quesadillas chili's Griffin, you could do so much better. I'm not barbecue sauce. I'm not really sure. I'm trying to see how low I can do it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Can I please? Chili's baby back ribs barbecue sauce. That was so low. Did you hear how low it was? You know, listeners are going to think you just altered that with your fancy software. I didn't alter that. Rachel, tell them. Tell them I didn't. (laughs) It was real. He really did it. It was real. Damn. Holy shit, babe. I didn't know I could do that. Very talented. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm going to join an acapella group tonight. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality. And you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be... The same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell? Uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? Is <laughs> factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Can I share a personal message with you? Uh, from you? I like to keep those off air. Oh, she really does, folks. <laughs> what does that What's mean? I mean, you said it. <laughs> This message is for kiddo. It is from Brighton. Happy birthday, kiddo. Remember when you said it would be crazy if I got you a Jumbotron and laughed? Joke's on you. I love you so much. You're my hero and my favorite person. Thanks for being my best friend since day one. 
Here's to another year of mall crawls, hand clapping games, six hour phone calls, and eating ice cream out of the carton. Oh boy, I remember six hour phone calls while playing clapping games. Have you ever talked on the phone for a long time? Yeah, I mean, everybody did. I imagine uh, if you were courting in primary school. In primary school? Yeah. When you were 10? Well, pri- doesn't primary include, I don't know, when you're in middle school, high school, and you got and you got a bow, or just a buddy, mm-hmm. or a pen pal, mm-hmm. or a, a youth pastor who you, you know, are a fan of. Or Mrs. Claus. Or Mrs. Claus. Patty. <laughs> Patty, indeed. I got a message here. This one's for Lauren, Ames, Ashley, Biz, and Leslie. It's from Sarah, who says, I would have gotten on the McElroy train much earlier if I'd known it would lead me to people like you. We come from such different backgrounds, but you're all kind and generous and supportive and fun, and I think you're wonderful. I can't wait to see you at our next Mackle Weekend. P.S. I'm going to keep using that word until it catches on. <laughs> what do you think that means? I... I imagine they all get together in the spirit of McElroy's for a weekend time period. Oh, I see. Maybe listen to some programs and... Oh, they eat... uh, Eat a banana with a peel still on. Funny, funny, funny. (laughs) And they eat some nachos and then they are all on the toilet and they go to bed at 8.30. (laughs) That's, That's it. And then watch Shark Tank. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors. and Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor, and I'm a medical enthusiast, and we create Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week, I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. And lately, we do a lot of modern fake medicine. Because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday, right here on MaximumFun.org, as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head. I'm going to do my second thing now. Okay. I'm going to keep it a lot briefer, because I feel like I went pretty um, pretty, pretty deep in the paint with Carly. on Miss Jepsen. Uh, shag carpeting. Whoa. Yeah, whoa, indeed. Shag carpeting <laughs> is the, in my opinion, the single best surface to touch with your skin. Other than like, you know, baby skin's nice, nice, smooth, soft. Um, the skin of a lover. The skin of a lover. How did I know you were going to say those words exactly? Because we've been together for a long time. <laughs> um, what makes something so... You want to know what shag carpeting is? At what length does it become shag, I guess? So shag is defined by its deep pile, which I didn't, I learned a lot about carpets today. (laughs) Did you know what the pile is? I mean, I I thought it was kind of like thread count almost, like the density of the... It's just whatever is on top of the backing of the carpet is the pile. And so uh, if it's a, a, you know, a thick, deep, fluffy pile, uh, and the big thing that makes it shag is that the material, uh, typically, you know, wool or whatever, is looped. So it's not just like one single strand coming out of the backing. Oh. It's looped, which makes it, it gives a little bit more sink, gives a little bit more softness to it. I always thought it. shag carpeting had to be like super long, like two inch long. Like I mean, it is historically pretty long stuff. <laughs> uh, in our, we have like a playroom in our house that has this huge 10 by 10 shag rug, this big dark yeah. blue shag rug. And oh, man, awesome. I could just lay on the floor all day on Greg, that thing. Greg and I, it's funny something about when we enter that room, we're both immediately it's on like the floor. It's like our bones disappear. <laughs> well, I mean, we get very tired playing, <laughs> trying to keep our son entertained. And so we'll go in his playroom and we will sit in this soft, beautiful bed of blue comfort and just instantly you know we we just melt right into it we put it. a little it's plastic so nice. slide in there you and put, so henry just goes down the slide over and over again and we just lay on the floor good and watch job him. son <laughs> stay safe it's just like this freshly cut soft loamy blue grass it's so good i i don't sit on the floor i'm not like a person who enjoys sitting on the floor but there's no chairs required on this big shag rug 
Uh, and I like it. Our friends had shag in their basement uh, growing up. And I remember just like being so cozy and comfy when I was down there barefoot. Uh, I became a real uh, basement dweller. So I found some info from our friends at Floor Coverings International of Orange <laughs> County, New York. Oh, how's Jim doing? Jim's doing great. He's doing an expose on linoleum. Did Julie come out okay from the procedure she was having done? When Julie had to get the linoleum removed from <laughs> her head, uh-huh. skull, uh-huh. yeah, she came out great. Okay, good. It went really good. I love those folks. Yeah, they're good. It's a shame what happened to Julie, but that's why <laughs> it's good that Jim's doing this expose, isn't it? Too many. We've lost too many of our <laughs> best and brightest minds in the carpeting industry to the dangerous flooring material that I call an oleum, which I've hated my whole life. Uh, so, Shag, uh, <laughs> peaked in the 60s and 70s when hippies needed a surface to lay down on as they, uh, you know, did drugs and uh, <laughs> yeah. partied and uh, did a lot of kiss. Uh, from what I understand, a lot of kissing, Ooh. Uh, heavy petting, and all, all that kind of stuff. How do you spin a bottle on shag carpeting, I wonder? Yeah, I don't know, but I bet that the shag soaked up the ganja smell real nice. Uh, but before then, it was the, it was a thing, like reaching into... Uh, like ancient history, there's a lot of different cultures that have had, uh, you know, big, shaggy, soft surfaces to stand on. One of the earliest uh, examples of it is the flocati rugs of ancient Greece, uh, which were constructed from long strands of woven goat hair, uh, which I don't know how soft goat hair is. I don't think it's very soft. I mean, you've pet a goat before, right? I've pet a goat before, and it, yeah. Pretty coarse. Pretty coarse. It it had other things. It had all other qualities I admired. Um, so in the eighties, like shag was thought of as being like you know tired and passe, um, and it didn't help that like the common colors for shag back then were like gross green, brown, like uh, you know hard to accessorize colors. Yeah, um, we had a lot of like orange and orange brown in our house. Yeah. Um, but now it's actually coming back uh, and is sort of a contemporary style. The big uh, thing that is sort of shag inspired is, and I might mispronounce the, this, uh, freeze carpet, F-R-I-E-Z-E carpet, um, which is actually what I think we have, like what we are currently uh, is underneath us right now. Uh, and in that, instead of having like these loops, the material is twisted so much that it curls back on itself rather than oh. being stitched into a loop. Uh, and it's soft like shag. It's not quite as as deep, but that's like the hip contemporary style People, of flooring. When they come over to our house, they always compliment our carpeting because it's soft as hell. It's like very it's soft. it's really really nice, and it's wild. Like it's we're we're very close to shag. Like it's a shagadelic here, baby. No, uh, no. I promise that's the only one. I promise that's the only one. Okay. Um, two drawbacks to shag because I'll be you know we gotta be fair and balanced here. Is uh, it? Does it make you horny? Uh, baby? <laughs> you better... You're about to open Pandora's box. <laughs> I know. And that's not my box, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah see? It's happening. Uh, they are... Shag carpet is a nightmare to maintain and maintain correctly. This is from our friends at Floor Coverings International of Orange County, New York. Shag rugs must be vacuumed once a week as well as deep cleaned frequently. To deep clean a shag carpet, take the hose of your vacuum to suck up the dirt and grime in the corners and under the furniture. About every three to six months, clean your carpet with a steam cleaner, allowing the carpet to be shampooed without flooding and ruining the room. Oh, we should do that, huh? Yeah, not a fucking <laughs> chance, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. Uh, drawback two, and this is the last drawback. Uh, I was doing some modifications to a couple Joy-Cons, slapping a hot little atomic oh, purple skin on them. Did you lose some soldiers? I dropped one screw, uh, like this microscopic tri-wing <laughs> screw, and it took me 45 whole minutes to find it <laughs> under my chair. Like, it was under my chair. I knew where it was in a one-by-one-foot radius, and it took me 45 fucking minutes to find it. It was a nightmare. It's a real honey I shrunk the kids situation. It was. If those kids got stuck in this carpet, game over, man. No <laughs> chance. No chance. What's your second thing? My second thing, and I'm excited to talk about this for the seven people listening that might also know what I'm talking I'm about. I'm excited to hear you talk about it. There was a game in 1985 called Little Computer People. 
I had heard of this game just or through Or potentially osmosis. House on a Disc, depending on... Interesting. <laughs> there were two names for it. Was it like an international? Like yes. it had a different name? And, okay. Yes. House. Which one is better? How, I, little Computer People is way better. House on a yeah. Disc could be anything. Well, yeah. So Little Computer People really gets at the mythology of right. it. Right. Yeah. The mythology is so great. This game is so wild. So before there was The Sims. Right. And even before there was Tamagotchi. If you wanted to take care of a little creature in a game, you could find it in Little Computer People. I love that it didn't start with like you're taking care of a tam- like a little virtual monster. You're taking care of a guy. Yeah, like a guy. There's just a guy in there. You got to take care of him. It took me forever to find this game because what I didn't realize at the time is that each disc you would buy of this game for your Commodore 64 had its own, like the character had its own unique name. Huh. So ours was named Rob. And so for the (laughs) longest time, I was looking for the game under Rob. (laughs) I want to know about Rob's tiny house game. (laughs) I was like, computer man, Rob, typewriter, piano, shower. (laughs) I bet you got some cool results with that heuristic. Uh, So... As I mentioned, this game was released in 1985. You were, as the player, a researcher. And so the way that they presented the game, they sold it in this like brochure magazine style packaging. And the idea was that these little people have been living in your computer from the very beginning. Uh, and they, they had made an astonishing discovery at Activision. Uh, and then you had a whole magazine all about like, here's how you find and connect with your people and your computer. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was originally called Pet Person, <laughs> which I think they decided <laughs> was a little confusing. Uh, so what it was. So when the game loaded up, you entered your name, the date and the time. Uh, and that allowed the game to address you in the in the real time of the year that right. you were playing. This is 1985, too. Yeah. So, like, this is not, like, a common thing. Uh, it was always a male character that was assigned to you. Although, apparently, there was a Japanese version that came out in 87 where you could have a woman computer person. Okay. Uh, so, once you loaded the game, that was, like... That was canon. Like it saved to your disc as this is your person and this is your house and all And that. what they looked like was also different based on what yeah. the serial code of the disc was, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a three-story house that you saw kind of a cross-section of. Uh, and it, I mean, it had like kitchen, living room, bedroom, like upstairs, attic space, like bathroom, the whole thing. And he would just walk around the house and you could type in there and instruct him to do things. Right. Uh, I actually, I watched this. So when you said you were bringing this, I watched a let's play of it. And actually for the first 10 minutes, the guy shows up and like looks around the house and gets familiarized with his environment. And then he just fucking leaves before you can do anything with him. So it's like, this is a good game. Yeah. The video I watched today uh, was a person kind of playing it again. And he noted that the person left the house for like five minutes. (laughs) Comes back with a dog. Yeah. I I just got you this house and you've already brought a pet into it. Cool. Um, But yeah, you could type in things like take a shower, watch TV, play the piano, dance, play a record. um, And then he would do it. Right. What was tricky, though, is that he would only do things in certain parts of the house. So I remember this, like he'd be downstairs on the bottom floor and I'd be like, play the piano. And then it would take him like two minutes to walk up the stairs. And sometimes if you didn't type fast enough, he would be halfway downstairs before it would register your command. So I'd be like, play a record. And he'd already be down in the kitchen. And then he'd like slowly walk back up the stairs. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so you would, you would refill his little water jug and you'd feed the dog and you'd tell him to eat and sleep and all this stuff. Um, and then apparently, and this is what terrified me as a kid. So usually he had a little smiley face, um, but if you stopped feeding him um, or letting him sleep, he his little smiley face would turn to a frowny face, and then he would turn green. Yeah. Uh, and then his little correspondence, so you could send him up to the typewriter and ask him like little questions, and he would send you a little message, and his message would be like, low on supplies. Dying, Rachel. <laughs> help me. Help, help, help. Skip school today. Play with me. 
Um, yeah, so that that was a lot of responsibility for me. And sometimes, and they pointed this out in one of the Let's Plays that I was watching today, is that they think they were building a potential expansion. Yeah. Because a lot of times in his little typewriter letters that he would write for you, he would say like, really would like to have a party or like really wanting a cat. And so I used to like type in there, like have a party, get a cat. cat. (laughs) And he would never do it. And I always felt bad. And they were suggesting that maybe that was like, if the game took off, you could buy some kind of expansion where it would allow you to do those things. Okay. But yeah, the game, I like, I loved it, but it also really kind of stressed me out, which is why I never got a Tamagotchi because I just thought like, I am feeling a tremendous amount of responsibility for this little computer person. Mm -hmm. And it is like, kind of making me anxious <laughs> uh this reminded me of a game that we had that i just had to look up the name of called creatures did you ever play that one similar thing like you had these are they like little monsters and eggs yes i think so but you could like talk to them you had to like teach them how to talk yeah. and stuff like that there was like a whole series of them this, this uh, yeah we had that. that i think once i once i love little computer people so much we got that one um, we also got the little dogs. You could buy like little dogs and cats for your computer screen. Oh, we yeah. did that too. Oh man, that was so good. Um, so within this game, they also had this weird kind of feature where you could ask him to play a game and he would play poker or uh, war or anagrams with you. The and, three main games and that so there the are. And so the screen would change. He would sit down at the kitchen table with his cards yeah. and the screen would change. Now, at this point, I had no idea how to play poker. <laughs> so I was just pressing buttons and then sometimes he would be like, nice job, Ace. And I'd be like, oh, I guess I did something I was supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> were you oh, Okay, when you were a kid, were you like bought into the meta narrative that this was like an important soul inside of... Of because this is this came out in eighty five, so you must have yeah. been like pretty young when it when it dropped. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wasn't playing it when I was three, but uh, we had it, and I remember. I mean, I'm kind of that way with games too. Like when Sims came out, oh yeah, I could never like light my Sims on fire or anything. You know, sure. like as much as I understand this is fictional and will not count against my permanent record, there is part of me that like when I see people that are just like, oh yeah, you know, I took all the doors out of the room and so he's just gonna walk around in a circle until he dies like i can't i can't that's so special to me too much (laughs) your heart is so special to me (laughs) um so yeah so the last thing um i'll say about it is that unfortunately the game didn't take off (laughs) no because it was apparently kind of kind of a slow starter but when sims did come out the creator kind of credited this as one of the games that inspired him to make it although i don't know why it took him 15 years <laughs> well i mean well there was a lot of other stuff going on in the sims mm-hmm. uh the guy who actually designed uh, little computer people was a guy named david crane who made uh, pitfall oh uh, yeah before okay. that and... yeah they were citing him and the things i was reading it talked about how it was sam nelson and david crane and mm. i didn't have context for who either of those people were david crane also made uh he had a studio that i think only made i don't know all the stuff they made but they made an, an nes game called a boy in his blob that i loved oh, yeah. where you were a guy it was like a platformer and you were this boy who had this sentient white blob that would chase you around and you could feed him different flavors of jelly beans to make him transform into different shapes that could like do shit so he could like turn into a ladder or or a trampoline mm-hmm. it was such a good game and then like i don't think they ever did anything else so th- so those of you that have recognized this game i'm talking about um congratulations yeah <laughs> you are one of few um and if if you can't remember the name of this game because yours had a different name than mine apparently there were 256 names <gasps> that could potentially come up. And I went to this website that promised that if you clicked on this link, you would download a list of all the names. And then I got scared and didn't do it. <laughs> You're such a good internet user. I was like, is this a virus? I'm not opening I'm it. I'm so proud of you. That's the right choice. Uh, can I tell you what our friends at home are talking about? Yes. Uh, they all said little computer people. <laughs> That's wild. Uh, let me see here. Uh, my font is just so small. Uh, Megan says, I live in a town that's incredibly well-connected by bike paths. Nothing makes me happier than morning runs and bike rides and getting to say good morning to all my neighbors I meet along the way. It makes me feel like a true part of the community. It just sounds like the, some Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Bonjour. Por qué? <laughs> How is your family? 
I don't think that's how it goes. Uh, Diana says, one of my favorite things right now is videos of people making things out of resin and other stuff. uh, Combs in resin, pencils in resin, dried flowers in resin, wool and wood in resin. They pour it into a mold and when it's dry, they turn it on a lathe to shape and polish. Oh, I love a good resin video. Yeah, we have been looking for some new videos because there's been a real slowdown in content. We're done with the Bon Appetit Gourmet Makes. We're done with the Baumgartner Art Restoration. We've watched all the Kiwami Japan Knife videos. Yeah, now we're just kind of waiting. We are hard up. On pins and needles. Uh, We got one last one here from Taylor who says, it's wonderful when you get a can of soda from the freezer just before it gets to actually freeze. It's like the perfect slushy in a can. Playing a dangerous game, Taylor. Yes, I... I, This is... (laughs) This whole episode is about me being scared to do things. Yeah. But I am definitely scared to put a can of soda in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't drank a can of soda in quite some time. But when I was a kid, like, I feel like I did it once. And it went pretty bad. And then yeah. I had to clean that up. And I said, that's not worth it. <laughs> People inevitably forget about that can. Yeah. And then it's all over for you. Instead, we would get those big glass-like mugs that we would put in the freezer. Oh, that's Ooh, nice. Haven't done that in a bit. Put a root beer in there? Damn. I used to put some stuff in a freezer, though. <laughs> that <laughs> like was what? not food. I don't know, man. Like cups. Uh, I guess just cups. That's wild. <laughs> it is wild. How much space did we have in that freezer? It wasn't. Anyway, uh, thank you all so much for listening. Thanks to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Uh, thanks to Maximum Fun. Oh, thank you, Maximum Fun, for hosting our show and so many other great shows. You can go to MaximumFun.org and new shows get added every day. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, it's a McElroy family show, but Sawbones I really like. It's, uh, it's a good show. And Schmanners is a, good, is a good show. They get touchy when you just say one of them without doing the other one, you know? It's and like, they being your family? Yeah. <laughs> Those... <sighs> There's no way to end that. Uh, wankers. Oof. Oh, you can't. You hate to see it. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thanks to um, the farmers. Mm-hmm. Thanks to... this The sun and the moon and the apple tree. Yep. They're doing it. They're locking it. They got it locked down. Is that how it goes? Uh, sun and the rain and the apple tree. And the moon doesn't really factor into the <laughs> apple growing process. But maybe that's why Johnny Appleseed was on some next level shit. <laughs> As he could plant stuff based on, you know, the cycles. <laughs> anyway, bye. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Have you ever watched a movie so bad you just needed to talk to somebody about it? Well, here at the Flophouse, we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. We'll watch it and we'll talk it. We do the hard work. Featuring the beautiful vocal talents of Dan McCoy. Stuart Wellington. And me, America's rascal, Elliot Kalin. New episodes every other Saturday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast, dude. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.